0: Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the
1: Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower-Henny. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about grandparents' rights and visitation and how it can be affected sometimes by divorce cases and paternity cases and all of the things that grandparents can have. So, with me today is Aaron Wetzel, one of our other attorneys in our office, and we're going to chat about all the things grandparents. Hello. What's up with you, Aaron?
0: Well, i just kind of been obsessively watching the Olympics for the last week now. I'm just going to keep going for another couple of weeks, I guess.
1: So you're, you're awake at like 2.30 in the morning?
0: Well, not that early. <laughs> I only wake up early for gymnastics. Otherwise, I'll just have it spoiled and watch it later in the evening. Right. So Simone Biles is like a hot topic, right? Yeah, she had some issues in the team final with Drew after the first vault. She was supposed to do two and a half twists on her vault and only did one and a half and she got lost, kind of lost in the air, didn't really know where she was. I guess it's this thing that gymnasts can experience called the twisties where they just kind of lose the sense of where they're at, where their body's at. And, and obviously the moves that they perform are super dangerous. And so if they don't land right, they could get really injured. She actually posted a couple of videos last night of her training where it's still happening to her and off a bar, but she was landing in like the foam pit. And then she kind of took them down afterwards. So somebody must've told her to take them down, but so she dropped out of the all around, didn't compete in that yesterday. Uh, And it's not really looking good for the individual finals. She qualified for all four. There's a couple days. The first one's not until, I think, August 2nd. So it could reverse itself. But she said in the past when it's happened to her, it's lasted like two weeks. You are obsessed. I am. (laughs) Well,
1: but interestingly, though, uh, in relation to our topic today, they're calling Simone Biles the grandma of gymnastics, right?
0: Yes, Which is kind of comical because she's 24. But in gymnastics terms, I'd say the majority of the athletes that compete in the Olympics for the women at least are like 16 to 18. Oh, I thought I thought we were going to say like they're like two and a half years old. (laughs) No, you actually have to be turning 16 within a couple months of when the Olympics is, I think is what it is. So you have to be at least 16 or close to turning 16 to compete. And then it's just so demanding on their body that. Usually, even if they try to come back for a second Olympics, it doesn't happen. Like Nastia Lukin, who was the 2008 all-around champ, she tried to come back in 2012, didn't make the team. Lori Hernandez, who was on the team at the last Olympics and got a couple medals, she tried to come back this year and and wasn't able to do it. So it's kind of rare. Only a couple of women have recently done that. You know, Allie Raceman did it 2012 and 2016. And then Simone, obviously, was supposed to come back. And she had been performing even better than before. She's done all these new moves that no women have done before. And she was trying to perform a new move on the vault this Olympics, which would have been named after her. But in order to have the move named after, you you have to be the first one to successfully perform it in an international competition. So if she's not able to come back for the vault finals then who knows what she's going to do after this Olympics. Then she won't be able to do it and won't get it named after her. Listen, the type of things that I try that
1: are close to Olympic moves, like one and a half or two and a half aerials, is includes attempting to hula hoop and trying to do a cartwheel. But the cartwheel is like mostly just sticking my butt out in the air and then like putting my arms on the ground and like maybe my legs kind of come in the air
0: like six to eight inches that's not a cartwheel <laughs> it is when you're almost 40. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you hey Chelsea Memel who was on the two I think 2004 Olympics team tried to come back this year she's she's like in her 30s now and has kids and she came back and she was like she looked pretty good I mean she wasn't good enough to get on the Olympic team but her cartwheel was good well she was doing more than cartwheels solid <laughs>
1: All right, so Olympics is where it's at in Aaron's world, um, but let's talk about some grandparents' rights because we get a lot of calls often for either grandparents calling us or our clients who are the parents who have questions about their parents or their in-laws wanting to do with some grandparents. So what does Nebraska law say about grandparent visitation and when is it appropriate?
0: Well, there's a couple of different kind of parameters that the grandparents have to establish before they could even file for these grandparents' rights. First, there's what the statute says. You have to be a grandparent. They have to be a grandparent and what that means. And the grandparent relationship is dependent on the parental relationship. So if a parent's parental rights have been relinquished or terminated... Their parent is no longer legally considered a grandparent, so there's nothing they can do at that point, which obviously sometimes that go, that's beyond the grandparent's control what happens with the parental relationship, which is disappointing. But once you establish that you meet the definition of a grandparent, then there's only certain situations where you can ask for the grandparent visitation. And so in those situations, one or both of the parents are deceased, that the parents relationship if they've been divorced or they're in the middle of a divorce divorce has been filed or that the parents have never been married but that the paternity of the parent has been legally established so if the parents are still married and they're just choosing not to extend a relationship to the grandparents or let them see it, there's nothing that those grandparents can do. If the- I can't imagine that ever would
1: happen. <laughs> right? So so we're painting the picture of during the marriage, folks have babies and they decide for all the reasons that you may decide that you really don't want to have a relationship with the children's grandparent. Right.
0: So there's nothing the grandparents could do in that situation. No, if the parents are married to each other and they choose not to allow their kids to have a relationship with the grandparents, that's their choice. So this is Constitutional Law 101. You don't need to go to law school.
1: What we're going to tell you will save you $30,000 and a semester of Con Law 101. You have a fundamental right to parent your child. Exactly. So mom and dad slash grandma, grandpa... If you're crazy, you're out.
0: You don't even have to be crazy. It could be the parents who are crazy yes. and the grandparents who are not. But if the crazy parents, you are right, allegedly crazy parents, are married to each other and they don't want to let somebody have a relationship, that's their choice. Right. Okay. So let's talk
1: about the divorce is pending, started, or finished. Then... Tell us a scenario when the grandparents then come in, and let's assume they're our clients.
0: So if the grandparents come in and they say, uh, we are the paternal grandparents, mom has custody, she won't let us see the kids, dad's not around or dad's not exercising, his parenting time for some reason, they can say, I want to request that the court grant us grandparent visitation because we are not seeing these kids anymore. So they're going to file their pleading in court. Correct. you have to include both parents on the pleading, not just one of them, even if one of them has primary custody and the other parent's not seeing the child.
1: So then what does that process look like as far as in-court proceedings um,
0: and the hearings and things like that? So similar to any other case, you file your initial pleading telling the court that you want these grandparent visits. You then have to serve both parents with a copy of what you filed and then those parents have the opportunity to respond they have the 30 days from the date that they're served to respond if they don't respond then you can ask for a default hearing telling the court that they haven't responded appropriately and that you're entitled to the grandparent visitation if they would respond then eventually if there's not an agreement for the grandparent visitation it would get set for a trial So if we
1: have the grandparent and it's a paternal grandparent, why would the court give that grandparent visitation if otherwise during dad's parenting time, he can just have the kids spend some time with their grandparents?
0: Well, sometimes that other parent might not allow that. Or like I said, there might be a situation where even if by a court order that other parent has parenting time, they're not. Exercising it for some reason, and sometimes the you know maybe that relationship isn't great either, so that they need to intervene and still ask the court for parenting time or grandparent visitation, I should say.
1: So I have a case right now where divorce is almost completed. Dad's in jail, and dad's parents want to institute some grandparent visitation. What do you think that scenario looks like as far as? what type of time and a um, length of time the grandparents are looking at
0: well if the grandparents can establish there's there's a few things that the grandparents have to establish beyond meeting those criteria for what the parents relationship is They have to prove to the court that there has been some type of significant beneficial relationship between them and the children prior to this filing in the past, and that it's in the best interest of the kids to continue that relationship. Additionally, they have to prove to the court that... Whatever visitation they want or they're requesting is not going to adversely impact the parent's relationship with the child because the court has said, like you said, parents have a constitutional right to parent their children. That's the most important relationship is the parent-child relationship. And so if the court would find that the grandparent visitation could affect that parent-child relationship adversely, they're still not going to get the parenting time. Additionally, if you have a situation where the grandparents are have never had a relationship or not a good relationship with the grandchildren, they're not going to get parenting time just because they want it. So it's on the grand, grandparents to prove that those conditions exist in order to get the court to agree with them that they deserve the grandparent visitation. It's their burden.
1: Yes. Also another piece of constitutional law 101. What type of burden is this?
0: So, in a grandparent relationship case, you have to prove, I believe believe it's the clear and convincing evidence. Oh, it's
1: not strict scrutiny. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think that comes from a case law or something. That was also bar exam
0: 12 years ago for me. So, for the... The standard that you have to prove in court, you know, I think the one that everybody knows about is the beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the criminal law one, right? Right. Then there's... That's in all the TV shows. Right, yeah. And they probably use it even when it's, like, not appropriate. Right. And, and that one doesn't apply ever to any type of civil cases. This is a civil case. Um, in civil cases, you usually have by a preponderance of the evidence or clear and convincing evidence. No one knows what any of that means. No. Sometimes lawyers. Sometimes we do. It's hard to explain that. Well, we know what it means, but oftentimes,
1: like, the lawyers on the other side are like, what? What are you even talking about? You basically have to
0: prove to the judge that your evidence and what you're saying is likely true. Is good. You have to convince the judge with clear
1: evidence. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So you use the phrase significant beneficial relationship. Yes. What types of things can we use to prove on behalf of the grandparents? So one of my
0: cases that I had recently, the paternal grandparents, their son had been in prison and when he got out He had moved somewhere. They didn't know where he was. Well, while he was incarcerated, the mom and the children were actually living in their house and they provided daily uh, child care for the children while mom was working. And then she eventually moved out and they were still providing daycare and financial assistance to both her and the kids. I think they even had the kids on their health insurance at some point. And she ended up meeting somebody else and starting this new relationship. Well, when she started this new relationship, she kind of started cutting off that relationship more and more. And then when dad was released from prison, she was worried that they were going to allow the kids to see dad and didn't want that because he was not in a good place in his life. And so she totally cut off the relationship at that point. So their proof was that the children had lived with them for years, that they had provided daily care, and there was no concern about them being around the children other than mom saying, I don't want you to allow dad to have contact. And they were very adamant that if she didn't want that, they weren't going to allow that.
1: So then if grandparents get some visitation rights Can there be those limitations and parameters around what they're allowed to do?
0: Yes. So in that case, we didn't go to trial. Mom, after she got served with what we had filed in court, she reached out to the grandparents and they worked out a schedule on their own. They then both communicated that to me and I drafted up the agreement. And we have that in there that the grandparents agreed to not allow the kids to have any type of contact with dad, whether in person or by phone, that they agreed to not talk about any of these past disagreements that they had had with mom and that they agreed to not correct the children when they called their new stepdad, dad.
1: Oh, wow. Very specific. Yes, it was very specific. And so you were able to settle that without
0: having a trial or any sort of court hearing. Right. Actually, on all of my grandparent visitation cases, they've all ended up settling without going to a trial. That's
1: awesome. That's, I think, ultimately what most of our custody goals are in general. So that applies to grandparent visitation as well.
0: Right. It's been nice because in the cases that I've had, the parent, when they received the complaint, they immediately reach out to the grandparent. Something gets worked out. We get the agreement drafted and the case gets closed out pretty quickly. So that's obviously a lot better than somebody who's sitting here going through this litigation and has the stress and anxiety of that. And then sometimes um, if the grandparent visitation case
1: goes to court, a lot of our case law talks about some limited visitation. So if it's ultimately up to a judge to make a decision on what type of parenting time or visitation the grandparent gets, that can be pretty limited,
0: right? Right. You know, we kind of think of the standard parenting time for a parent who doesn't have full custody as that every other weekend, one night during the week. Well, if it's going to go to court, usually a judge is going to offer less parenting time than that for a grandparent. So in the cases that I've had, thankfully, the grandparents have worked out more parenting time than they probably would have gotten if they had gone to court.
1: I think we've heard some grandparent visitation rumors in some pretty high profile situations, right? Yes. Listeners should know If you don't already by now that Aaron is the pop queen, pop culture, pop culture queen. So if you ever are in any sort of like trivial pursuit, Aaron probably knows the answer to like 85 percent of everything.
0: Well, don't you remember when I won trivia for us at the bar conference because I knew all of the Will Ferrell movies? That's right. Uh, I think. Did we win? We won gift cards, I think. Yeah. There Amazon was money. gift cards. There was money involved. Yeah. They they had a person from each team go up and they went in order, and you had however many seconds to name off a Wolf Ferrell movie that nobody else had previously named off, and I was the last one standing out of like eight people. <laughs> See, that's what happened in a hula
1: hoop competition when I was a child. So I think I can still hula hoop. It was some <laughs> swimming pool thing we were at. I think I was eight. My mom loves to tell the story. And it was How, who can hula hoop the longest while everyone else drops out? And apparently here I am at the swimming pool, just hula hooping while everyone else stops. So that's the same with you and Will Ferrell. It was like a hula hoop competition.
0: Maybe not specifically Will Ferrell. (laughs) Pop culture in general, I'm probably your girl for trivia contests. Yes.
1: So what's happening um, in the news with grandparent visitation and pop culture
0: Well, recently, a couple articles came out saying that Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, wife of Prince Harry, uh, that her dad has claimed to some media sources that he is thinking about petitioning for grandparent visitation. And what state? Uh, California. So it's my understanding that after they kind of parted ways from the royal family they bought, or I don't know if they own it, but they're living in a house in California and then potentially also a house in Canada. But he has said specifically that he'd be filing for this in California.
1: So how would that work then if Meghan Markle and Harry are still married?
0: Well, it's my understanding that California is very similar to Nebraska as far as proving that beneficial relationship and also what the standards are for the relationship between the parents, and that he's saying this, but in reality, it's not going to go anywhere because they're still married. Let's be clear, though. California and Nebraska are not the same in any other respects. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Just their grandparent visitation statute. Right. and. Let's say for some reason he would meet those standards, whether California would allow you to file for that, even if the parents are married, or let's say they they broke up and were getting divorced. I think it's if anybody is familiar with the articles and what has happened in her relationship with her dad... He can't prove that that significant beneficial relationship exists because he's never had a relationship with those kids, period. It's I don't think he's ever met them. He didn't even go to the wedding. No, he didn't. <laughs> but he wasn't invited, right? No, he was invited. I think she actually said she wanted him to walk her down the aisle at first, but then he started, you know, kind of spouting off to the news oh, and then right. it just kind of fell apart from there. Right. Meghan Markle's dad is unlikely
1: to get re- grandparent visitation.
0: Yes. I, You know, I, I kind of looked into what California law is, and I saw some articles that were specifically quoting California family law attorneys, and they said that they just don't see any way he could succeed in that, one, because they're married, and two, because he's never had any type of relationship with the kids. And he certainly would not succeed in Nebraska.
1: All in all, grandparent visitation is... Is available for some pretty narrow circumstances, but I think the probably the most important thing that we hear from our potential clients are, I want to see my grandkids and my kids aren't allowing it. And that's really probably not the type of case that you're going to get grandparent visitation if that relationship between the mom and the dad are, is still intact. Exactly. With that being said, I think grandparent visitation is one of those things that it's pretty important to speak with an attorney, especially one who is helpful in a settlement negotiation. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can settle a grandparent visitation case without going to court, without all of that upset too in in the child's life. Right. So thank you for listening to our podcast about grandparent visitation and all of the things about Meghan Markle and Simone Biles and the Olympics in general. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And hula hooping. And I'm a champion at hula hooping and you're a champion at Will Ferrell movies. Well, go us.
0: I hope I'm a champion at more than
1: just Will Ferrell movies. Well, for today you are. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to the
1: Lady Lawyer League podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at
0: hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.